Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. everybody and welcome to another edition of tunnel vision ryan looks so excited a show brought to you by uscfootball.com i'm your host keely you're joined by ryan abraham and shotgun spratling you know guys i think we plan to talk about usc byu it was so close the game you know 35 31 <laughs> let's talk about uh that fourth down play that was a yard short should we go into that more or? see but maybe usc fans forgot there was even a game played last week because of the news or excuse me last yesterday week? yesterday even Less I than forgot. 24 hours ago? <laughs> yes. Because yes. of the news, Lincoln Riley is headed to USC. He's USC's next head coach. Ryan, I'm just going to jump to you first. Are you, you kidding are, me? You're freaking out over there. Take for, it away. First of all, so it's been a big weekend. I uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Oh, USC yes, plays Thanksgiving BYU. Weekend. <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend, that was too. We're having a huge sale. The Our Black Friday sales all the way through Cyber Monday now. 75% off an annual membership. A lot of new members. Thanks for everyone that signed up. But this is the best time. You're going to get so much information on the USC football team. Lincoln Riley, the recruiting, all that stuff. Jump in right now. 75% off. Uh, you can use this with gifts. Anything you want to do. But make sure you get in there and do this. Um, but this is the kind of stuff you want. The big news. The Lincoln Riley news to USC. We talked about, what, when Mike Bone came in eh, a couple years ago. There's a lot of singles, right? Like, oh, you know, fix this problem, fix that problem. It wasn't what everyone wanted. Everyone wanted Clay Helton to be fired. Took a lot longer than what people wanted, but it happened this September. You got to see Clay Helton gone. I think a lot of USC fans had some PTSD. We were getting absolutely crushed on the message boards on the Peristyle. Yeah. Yeah. If we said anything that wasn't like, you know, oh, uh, you know, Nick Saban's coming to USC. And they're like, oh, it's going to be terrible. They're going to get Jack Del Rio or they're going to hire a huge like, – and it was like, look, and we tried to tell everyone, like, look, I think this is going to be a wow hire. That's one of the things I said in the war room, like, which is going to be a wow hire. And like, who's a wow? Who's a wow? They, anything we said was going to be criticized. They're like, I don't believe it. It's going to be bad. It's just, New USC is never going to be good again. It'll take a thousand years for this team. To get, and, and it was like, look, just hold on. Just wait. Just wait a minute. And boom. We thought – and I think Matt Campbell would be – an absolute great hire uh, from Iowa State, a wild hire. I think he was someone that would come in three of the last six years. The guy's Big 12 uh, coach of the year, you know, awesome stuff. He goes above. Like, there was, like, the group of, okay, these are realistic names. Because you think, okay, realistic. That's probably where – for USC to hire someone realistic is, like, out of the realm of possibility. Because USC would never do that. They would go way below what would be realistic. Brandon Sosna, Mike Bone, they go, realistic, hey, that's nice. 
we'll work there. But if we can get something better than that, if we can go pie in the sky, the one that got one LSU was trying to get, like all that stuff, go get Lincoln Riley, like one of the hottest young minds in college football, college football playoff appearances, Big 12 championships over and over and over again. That's just not something we've seen USC do before. They haven't done the Matt Campbell stuff. They haven't done the Dave Miranda stuff. To go one step beyond that and getting a Lincoln Riley is absolutely huge. So I think for all the USC fans that were worried about, is this administration, do they care about winning? Do they really think football's important? Blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? They do. They hired Lincoln freaking Riley, and USC has a new football coach, and I'm pretty happy about it. It seems like you're pretty happy there, Ryan. You like that? That was, you know, just which is interesting because Ryan's not prepared just to rant off the top of my head. You know, it's typically what you do. do you yes. Tell them about our sale, though. I told them about the sale. Yeah, seventy five percent off. Get in there, USCfootball.com. Make sure you guys know about the sale. You gotta get in there for the people that you get aren't stuff VIP. like this all the time. Just me talking like this. Come Look on. Look at that. And if you had, had been a part of the Peristyle prior to this, if you read the War Room, Ryan did say he expected a wow hire. Now that's a wow hire. You know, if the top of the list. Nick Saban is number one, arguably, the, the or goat. probably not yeah. even arguably, the greatest football coach, college football coach there is. Lincoln Riley is probably my number two. Wow. There, there's some things with Dabo Swinney. I know some people would have him up there, but at, there's some things that rub me the wrong way with him. So Lincoln Riley was my number two. So, I mean, you go out and get, you know, one of the, the top two quarter, the, the top two names in the game that tells you about it. I mean, you throw Kirby Smart up there as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's in the top five at minimum. Uh, so Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, looking at some of the stats that they've had, just ridiculous. I mean, their offense, the last, his five years as a head coach at, at uh, Oklahoma, 45 points, 48 points, 42, 43, and then 38 this year. They're having a down year this year. <laughs> and 38. Only 38 points, yeah. Yeah, if USC could score 38 points on average this year, they would have been in all those games. They're being blown out, and that's been the difference for them is their, their defense couldn't stop anybody and their offense couldn't keep up with anybody. So they'll at least be able to play – uh, you know, at least be able to put some points on the board with Lincoln Riley. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, uh, you know, what he does with the rest of the staff. That's the next step. You know, that never stops for us. And I know some people are already asking those questions, mm -hmm. but those will be, uh, that'll be an important thing to see where USC can go from here and how quickly they can ascend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to go over the topics for tonight, obviously Lincoln Riley to SC. What mm. does that mean for recruiting? It's a very interesting timing because the early signing period is just around the corner, but is there enough time to really uh, revolutionize the class that USC has right now? We'll get into that. And the, the best guy, to get into that is Gerard Martinez, and he's actually going to call in live yes. on the show tonight. We're also going to have Bruce Feldman call in. I think he's already had some of the behind-the-scenes details out there, so we'll pick his brain about that as well. So make sure you stay tuned to that. He's calling in around 7.30. A lot to talk about, guys. I mean, you already kind of said your initial reactions. Mm. I mean, but uh, we talked about, you know, is this USC program a rebuild? What will this look like for the next coach? Does Lincoln Riley kind of blow that rebuild out of the water, or do you still need to to kind of rebuild the foundation that's there? You know, I think there's going to be some rebuilding going on, but you're talking about bringing in uh, just a high-caliber head coach that's not only going to be someone that can change the culture, that can build uh, a great staff who can put together all the pieces you would need to be successful in the Pac-12. You see that, but also on the personnel side, there's probably going to be some weeding out of players, but there's going to be a lot of players that are excited for Lincoln Riley. There's going to be transfer portal players that are excited from Lincoln Riley. Maybe Oklahoma players that are excited to, to follow Lincoln Riley or players from other places. 
And then for the recruiting aspect that you talked about, we'll get in this with Gerard. Gerard will probably call in about 745. For that aspect of things, hey, that changes the game. Like when we were talking, I've talked to Gerard before. It's like, you know, like Matt Campbell would be a great hire, might not move the recruiting needle. If you get someone like Lincoln Riley, who already has like a great 2023 class lined up, that can move the recruiting needle. So what he can do is, is starting right away, and Bob Stoops is going to take over the interim uh, for their bowl game, but he can come out here, and even though USC is going to play this weekend in Berkeley, he can be on campus, and he can recruit, and he can have a host official visits and all that kind of stuff. So that's a huge head start because they'll have two weekends of that, of Lincoln Riley being able to recruit on the USC campus before the early signing period. You might be able to salvage something out of this 2020 to recruiting class, which is huge, because that's that's going to help the whole rebuilding process if you get some of that influx of talent right away. It's not even going to be, you know, you're not saving the class. This is going to be a damn good class. <laughs> I like that. That's good. You know, Gerard's going to talk about this later, but I've talked with some recruits today. I've talked with some players today that have talked with a couple of the recruits as well. You know, USC has struggled with top talent leaving the area. Some of that top talent is going to be staying. Yeah. Some of the top talent that's already committed elsewhere. Some of it committed to Oklahoma. I mean, Raleigh Brown is the first one everybody's mind went to. And he, you know, he made it known really quickly as soon as the news came out. And he's, you know, he tweeted about uh, staying home. Um, so, you know, that's a big one. Running back, guy you can, you know, you can use in the slot and do some different things. But there's other guys. You talked about the Los Alamitos, the Los Alamitos trio that are 2023 uh, commits. You know, four, I think it's five-star, five-star, five-star. Maybe it's five-star, five-star, and four-star. Four star, yeah. You know, that's a talented group. But you're also going to be able to salvage part of this class, not just the 2023. There's going to be other guys that come up that USC's been out of it a little bit. And just the name, some guys that USC's just been kind of hanging around and guys put out their top four, their top five. And USC, you look at it and, like, they're not really in that mix. They're probably four or five in that mix. This is going to shoot them up. And they're going to be in the mix for one or two now. Um, now, can they close those? That will be the big thing. You know, not only getting Lincoln Riley now, you got to get your coordinators, you got to get your, you know, position coaches. That'll help close the deal. And if they do that, they can close with some big time names, you know, even some offensive linemen. I know that's oh, taboo with USC recruiting, but, you know, they've been in the mix for Josh Connerly up in uh, Washington. They've been in the mix for Devin Campbell in Texas. Two guys that I think both of them are five stars now. So those are two guys that they could potentially close on. Oklahoma was in the mix for Connerly as well as USC previously. So there's already a relationship there. Devin Campbell being from Texas, already a relationship there. So those are two guys that USC will be in the mix for. Can they close on some of them? They could finish with a really good recruiting class when it looked like it was in the complete doldrums. It just looked like it was going to be terrible. Got a chance, and especially with this hire being announced now, that gives him that little bit of extra time. And like you said, he'll be able to be around next week uh, to be recruiting or even going out and doing some in-home visits um, because that had just started, I believe, today is the first day that coaches are allowed, head coaches are allowed to do that. So, um, you know, that'll definitely help them. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm curious to see if he's going to be at Cal next week. Like, do you want to watch this no, team? I think, no, you want to stay. Yeah, I think you got to be home and recruit. And, for you're, the rebuilding you're, you're Lincoln Riley, though. You can get that private jet. You can fly up there for three hours and get back. You could, yeah. <laughs> it's an 8 a.m. kick. I mean, PM kick. You kick, could yeah. For like, but for, when you, you said the rebuild part of it. Like, obviously, yeah. the recruiting things help. But just what we saw, I know you don't want to talk about the game. Just what we saw, like, <laughs> that was, like, probably the best team or second best team USC played. And it might be the best that they played. Like, they tackled better. They swarmed to the ball. There was a lot more heart. There was a lot more desire. Uh, they moved the ball better. They ran the ball. They were physical. I mean, they they did well at the line of scrimmage. Like. So all the people that are like, 
USC has no players. Everyone sucks. Like, that's not the case. Like, they were not coached well, and you saw they have potential. So just seeing what USC did yesterday, I think that helps, like, a Lincoln Riley, like, oh, there's pieces here. We can go, like, I got Kalen Bullock. I, got, I mean, you can do a lot with these guys. So I, I think the people, the demise of the talent of the program, yeah, it's not where it was with Pete Carroll, but it's not awful. It's still, you know, tops in the Pac-12 are up there. So Lincoln Riley can certainly build on that too. Mm -hmm. And one of those young guys from yesterday is Jackson Dart. Lincoln Riley is known for his quarterbacks. What do you expect with that? Yeah, what do you think? It'll be interesting to see. There's been rumors when he was, you know, people talking about him going to LSU last week that Caleb Williams would follow him. We've seen that rumor today as well that he would follow him to USC. That would completely change everything. Yeah. Because if he comes in fresh, you know, you're going in, Hey, you got to learn my offense. It's very similar to Graham Harrell's offense. It is a spread air raid style offense. He does some things differently. Always, each coach does a little bit differently. He does things better, I think. Um, and they, he's willing to run the ball downhill a little bit more than Graham Harrell has been willing to. So, but you have an open competition to begin with. Or if Caleb Williams comes in, he's going to be the guy. Yeah. You know, he's not coming. He's not following Lincoln Riley here. He's already, you know, he's already got a year in the in the system and all that type of stuff. So, you know, that's going to change the the quarterback room dramatically if that happens, you know, whether it's going to be a competition, whether it's already established someone, uh, if guys transfer out, different things like that. So that'll be – that's one to really keep an eye on. If he goes in the transfer portal, obviously you think he's coming to USC. So we'll see what happens there. I think he'll probably wait and see what happens with the head coach at, at Oklahoma as well. Um, but talking about the talent, I think it's still going to be a rebuild because I just don't know if anyone's going to be back on the offensive line. Yeah. That's true. You know, Brett Nealon said last night that he's still undecided. He's still going to think about it after the season. You know, but some of the – Liam Jimmins is definitely gone. He's a six-year guy. Some of those fifth-year juniors, the other guys, you know, Andrew Voorhees, Jalen McKenzie, probably leaving from what I've been told. So that's going to make it that much more difficult to make a quick rebuild because you're going to throw in Corlin Ford, Jonah Monheim, Justin Dietrich, and – Yeah. Transfer portal guys, woohoo! Hopefully, yeah. I mean that's what you hope for, and right. that's yeah. and now granted, Lincoln Riley has done a good job in the transfer portal of getting offensive linemen. He got uh, Chris Murray from you know former modern day lineman oh, from yeah. UCLA. Yeah. He's gotten a couple guys from Tennessee. A couple guys came from Tennessee that were starters this year for him. So he's done a good job at that. He's been one of the few people to do that. But that is one of the big positions in need. Same thing in the defensive line. So we'll see where they're at with those areas before I can say that whether it's going to be a rebuild or. They're actually reloading. Yeah. So some breaking news right now. Oh. Uh, you mentioned him already. Malachi Nelson uh, just decommitted from OU, the five-star quarterback. Shotgun, what does this mean for USC now? I mean, USC is definitely in the mix there. You know, Malachi, USC was the leader for Malachi Nelson uh, until they offer Nico Amaleve. So they, they had told him apparently that they were not going to offer anyone else. And yeah. so everyone kind of assumed that he was going to USC. That was all the that was the buzz. That was what was expected. Um, so that kind of opens things up. You would think that he would probably be Lincoln Riley's preferred choice. Uh, Nico Amaleva is a dynamic talent as well. Two really good quarterbacks. And I think if you're USC and you can flip Malachi Nelson over, you take him and you get your guy, and you don't you don't wa waffle on it like they have done in the past and end up with neither guy. So um, you know you got two five star quarterbacks in your backyard, make sure you lock up one of those instead of one of them being the Heisman front runner at, um, at Alabama. Alabama, one of them being the Heisman front runner coming into the weekend at Ohio State, and another one being at Clemson leading the, you know, uh, 
team that's been in the playoff for three years. Yeah, Ari Wasserman reporting uh, from The Athletic that he's already been called by Lincoln Riley. So on Malachi? USC's behalf, yeah. Okay. So he's reporting that. Um, let's go back to real quick one thing. Yep. Remember like when people were talking about what was the thing? What would I harp on the most? Like hire somebody that's good at their job. That's all you have to do. Like, <laughs> doesn't know the fight song. That was your other uh, don't, yeah, stipulation. They don't know the fight song. I don't think Lincoln Riley knows fight song. Perfect. <laughs> but hire someone who's good at the job you're trying to get them to do. You're like, oh, I think he could be good at that or whatever. USC's avoided that for years and years. You go hire an athletic director who's, guess what? Been an athletic director. Had some success. Okay, that's good. You know what they're going to come in and do? Like, good athletic director stuff. Then what you do is like, okay, part of that good athletic director stuff is hire a good football coach. And it doesn't have to be, oh, what about this guy? This Like, no, get someone that's really good. Okay, Lincoln Riley's really good at his job. So you're like, oh, maybe the offensive line's going to be a little bit rough. But you know what? You hired someone that's good at their job. They figure that crap out. Like, that's what they do. So, like, having someone that's just really good at what you're hiring them for is something USC avoided at all costs. Now they're doing it. it and now you're going to see good things happen. You're seeing a good hiring process. They kept it very quiet. They hit a home run, a grand slam. All those singles, now you hit a grand slam. Uh, and I expect get, you got to get singles to get guys on base. They, 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 they put like 50 guys on base and then they hit a super grand slam. Uh, I don't think that's that allowed. That's no, probably not a legal. Super grand not slam. How, that's not how baseball works. It's not a baseball it's term, like, right? It's, it's more like, more like the Dodgers in the playoffs, putting a lot of guys on base. And then, but no and one the was Braves going. getting strikeouts. To get out yeah, then no one was going on. You got to get back the to the Braves. Braves fan is over here. Right, but you know, but then you're back to now you trust now you have to trust Lake and Riley that's going to be able to come in and. And do his thing. And uh, that's why you hire someone like that. So I can tell you this, too. Like, USC fans are tickled. Pick. Like, you know, my my po podcast partner for the podcast of Champions, David Woods, he's probably crying into his dish <laughs> towel right now. Like, this is not what you want. He wants, you know, Jeff Fisher or uh, Clancy Pendergast. Like, he makes fun of those days because that's the kind of people USC's hired. He doesn't want to see Lincoln Riley at USC. He's like, we're all doomed. Like, that's not what – so – the other thing is, like, you want to hire the person that everyone else in the conference would hate for you to hire. They would hate Nick Saban, and probably number two, they would hate Lincoln Riley. So pretty damn good job by the USC administration because it's not only someone that USC fans want, but you are going to make, you know, that could make Mario Cristobal go to Miami. Like, literally something like that. He's like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm not going to get those five-star Southern California guys if Lincoln Riley's there. Like, that's the kind of shockwaves this could have uh, over the Pac-12. And that's what you want. And USC, you've like we're gonna have Bruce Feldman on a little bit. His thing was like you have to try to screw it up. Like literally, you have to try. And USC's done a really good job of screwing it up. Now you're shooting for the stars, and you get a guy like Lincoln Riley, and things should be going pretty well from here on out. Mm -hmm. The most notable thing is you talked about how USC has gone about their approach previously. They flex their muscle for once. Yes, USC's out here at you know at Muscle Beach. <laughs> today you know <laughs> just working out and showing off the guns and everything mm. whereas in the past it's been like how can we nickel and dime this yeah. how can we piece it together you, you you mentioned many times but the weight room that Pete Carroll had and the administration was like well you can win a national championship you're showing you win a national championship even without amenities now they brought in they built everything up with all those singles that they've been trying to do behind behind the scenes and you know trying to build around Clay Helton because they didn't feel like they could get rid of him contract was a huge albatross and now they went out and they said all right let's go do it and they flexed their muscle and got probably the best head coach that they could get uh that was available so you know that's something that is also now going to put a lot of pressure on the rest of the pac-12 you yeah. mentioned mario cristobal and the potential he may look elsewhere but i think it puts a lot of pressure on the rest of the pac-12 to one 
try to compete with that or get left in the dust. And USC's kind of let everyone hang around for the last 10 years. And, oh, yeah. You know, there's been this big window of opportunity. Uh, I think the Arizona State, uh, Chris Cartman said, you know, this is why you got to take advantage of golden opportunities. <laughs> uh, because right. eventually... The, that window's now been shut. Like, boom. Yeah, eventually the giant wakes up. Yeah. And USC's finally doing that. In Steve, that same, Steve Leon, real quick, Steve yeah, Leon on Twitter it. says, I'm tickled pink like shotgun's jacket. So, like, <laughs> so thanks, Steve. It's, it's a little blinding hey, there. Sorry, Keith. Hey, I... I these guys know I always uh, I wear a suit jacket when for big games when USC played in the Cotton Bowl when I cover the Rose Bowl you know you got to dress up for the appearance and hey this is a big big tunnel vision and no tie either no tie we didn't want to go that far yeah sorry Keely. <laughs> multiple things uh, you mentioned what this will do uh, in the Pac-12 well what could it do for the Pac-12 raising you know the 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 national brand if you will of the conference because we always talk about USC is kind of the leader in that sense and Oregon's had its shine while USC has been down. What could this do for the conference as a whole? It's big. I think George Klyovkov is like doing backflips right now. He's needed something good to happen since he took over. Like NIL started. All these things were happening that was just like, whoa, like the, the playoff expansion, uh, the SEC, you know, Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. The whole landscape of college football changed in the last few months since he's been the commissioner. And he needs, and he came in and said as much, like, we want the big brands to do well. Like if we're not making the college football playoff, we're not relevant. The Pac-12 was relevant. Like the fact that UCLA beat LSU early on and Oregon's, uh, you know, beat down of Ohio State was absolutely huge. But then losing to Stanford uh, and, you know, and then losing to Utah in the fashion they did, obviously the Pac-12 is out of it again. Having Lincoln Riley should, you know, raise the, the profile of the conference, obviously of USC. And, you know, if it's a situation where USC is sort of like Clemson, where they're making the playoff every year. Uh, that's fine. Like you're at least in the playoff as a Pac-12, you know, the Pac-12 would be in the playoff, but he would love to see like Utah, you know, crystal ball stay at Utah, keep building that, keep recruiting crystal really well. At Oregon. I'm sorry, at Oregon and, you know, building up those two programs where you have, uh, you know, a couple of big ones where it's like an Alabama and a Georgia instead of just like a Clemson and everybody else. Um, so I think, yeah, it's huge for him. He needs both LA schools. I mean, he would love, you know, Chip Kelly or whoever, if UCLA gets somebody else in a year or two them to be uh, really good again. But having USC, the flagship program, with a flagship head coach is exactly what he needs to start building on this because 2024 is when that uh, new TV deal comes in. It's way easier to negotiate that when USC is have a, have a Lincoln Riley head coach versus USC has a Clay Helton head coach. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is that even if only USC rises up, you know, the – then you still talk about the Pac-12. That would be in the conversation. You know, if USC takes Oklahoma's place and they do what Oklahoma's done, and hey, Oklahoma's not been successful as as successful this season, still in the college football playoff conversation throughout the season. You know, the last few years there's still been a, the Big 12 championship game has mattered. You know, the Big 12 is just being constantly as mentioned. Whereas you look at the Pac-12 championship this year and it's number 11 versus 19. Like no one cares about that game. <laughs> hey, I'm going. Yeah, you're one of the few <laughs> outside of Oregon or Utah fans. But that like the the national conversation is not about the Pac-12 at all. If you like, I listened to ESPN's College Football po Podcast a couple of days a week, and how little the Pac-12 is talked about compared to everything else. Now, obviously, they don't have as big of a relationship with um, ESPN doesn't with the Pac-12 as they do some other conferences. But they still would talk about them if it was number one versus number three yeah. or whatever it may be. There's just not that much conversation about the Pac-12. So if USC does rises and can play up to the potential that they 
um, that we think that they have the capabilities of under Lincoln Riley, then I think the Pac-12 itself will get that many more um, opportunities not being in the national picture that much more. We have like over 2,000 people on uh, Yeah, thank you YouTube to everyone right watching the hit comments. Hit that like button, hit the comments. You know. Facebook as well, Periscope. Thanks to everybody watching, leaving comments. Uh, just a reminder, sorry I didn't say this at the top, no uh, calls today. We aren't taking calls just because we have uh, Bruce Feldman and Gerard Martinez calling in pretty soon, and we're just getting flooded. So we, we'll take calls and we'll, we'll get your thoughts in later shows. But thanks so much for all the yeah. interest we're, we're getting. We might have to do another show. Like, So there's going to be a press conference tomorrow. Tentatively I, scheduled tentatively for Tentatively for three. So we might do one another show earlier in the week or something just to like we'll figure it out yeah we'll let you know what's crazy is usc still has a game to play cal uh, we still have practices to go to so there's a, a lot to do this week but definitely very fun in that sense um i don't know if we've covered it yet but i think when the name first came out and speaking of bruce feldman he's the one who said you know wouldn't be surprised if usc took a swing at at lincoln riley he tweeted that like earlier this morning and i was like yeah Oh, but there were kind of some laughs about it. Why would Lincoln Riley ever go to USC, et cetera, et cetera? Well, he's here. He's here at USC. What's the reasoning, you guys, in your, in your mind, Ryan? Yeah. I, I mean, so the way this kind of went down, and hopefully we'll get some more information from everyone involved, um, you know, coming up. But it's sort of like one of those heist movies, you know, where you're talking about where so you're stealing that really expensive, you know, $3 million painting. And if you if you. No one knows it's coming, and then when you steal it, they don't even know it's gone. Like the people I talked to at Oklahoma had no idea this was coming. Uh, this completely out of the blue. And uh, if you remember, um, who was the uh, the running back from Louisiana, the five star uh, that that USC got during the Carroll era? Oh, well, Joe McKnight. Joe McKnight. Um, so Joe McKnight, five star from Louisiana, running back. You know, Pete Carroll's rolling. And we knew, like, hey, he's coming to USC. And, like, nobody would believe it. It was just sort of like this thing, like, but Pete Carroll wasn't publicizing. He didn't want to make it public. And when he ends up signing with USC, everyone's, like, shocked, like, oh, I thought he was going to go to LSU. And, uh, I mean, uh, Ed Orgeron was, you know, he was trying to get him really badly at, at Ole Miss at the time and all that. And it was sort of the thing that was, like, you were doing this sort of behind the scenes. It was more like a ninja-style thing. Um, it's like a heist movie. You're coming in there and you don't even know you're being heisted and it's, it, you know, slip in and slip out before you know. And that's kind of, I think what happened here. And there's obviously what we've talked about. And when people are like, Oh, why would anyone go to USC? People would tweet me that stuff. Like there's no one in the stadium and you do, it's the potential. It's just like when you sign a five-star prospect, you don't expect them to be NFL ready, but there's so much potential there. He's such a great athlete. You can jump this high, run this fast. And you got to build that. You can build that into a great player. USC's had a lot of potential guys come in and haven't developed them on the player side. The program itself is a five-star program that has the potential. There's so many benefits to it. Now, there's drawbacks, too. Lincoln Riley's going to bring in uh, his staff wherever he hires. If you've got some, like, cornerbacks coach that makes $300,000 a year, it goes a lot for you know, you're a mansion in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're like in a two bedroom apartment in Los Angeles. It's just <laughs> like, I mean, that's sort of like, but so there's, there's definitely disadvantage. There's traffic and all this stuff, but there's a reason why there's so much traffic because a lot of people want to live here, right? Uh, there's the beaches, the mountains, and all that kind of stuff. But if you're talking about trying to build a pedigree of championships, you can do it at a place like USC where you don't have, you're the Alabama, you don't act like Alabama, you haven't acted like Alabama lately. But there's no Georgia there, and there's no LSU, and there's no Florida. Those programs aren't around. Like Oregon could be good, Washington could be good. You see, but there's nothing like the the kind of competition you're going to get in the SEC. 
for Oklahoma to go into that, like they could be great and finish like fourth or fifth in their division. Like I have a great team. If he has a great team at USC, he's winning the Pac-12. Like, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of advantages of doing that. And obviously that, you know, some of those things have to be important to uh, Lincoln Riley to come in there. But with all that potential stuff we talked about and people were like, no, no one likes USC anymore, blah, blah, blah. Like that's untrue. Like Lincoln Riley wouldn't come to USC if he didn't think there was a potential to win national championships. One is definitely the potential. Um, the recruiting grounds. He's already recruiting the West Coast heavily to begin yeah. with, so he knows the players that are out here, the, the type of players that are out here, so you see that. The LA lifestyle. You know, you don't have a well-groomed 5 o'clock shadow like he does without, you know, <laughs> you know he could probably wear some tight-fitting jeans and, you know, slick the hair Cliff Kingsbury style and fit right in in LA. And that was one of the things when Cliff Kingsbury signed to, to be the offense coordinator. said, oh, he would fit really well, his personality. I think Lincoln Riley's personality fits in that category as well. And then it's the path. I know some people are like, oh, he's, he's soft. He's going to this conference because it's so much easier. Yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, do you think Dabo Swinney's really complaining the ACC has not been, you yeah. know, that Florida State and Miami aren't national powers constantly? No, he's like, oh, I get into the college football playoff and I can win. You know, we got to build ourselves up and we got to compete um, and understand that the competition is a little bit lower here than maybe against some other teams when we get in the playoff. But he's not bemoaning it. No, you're not crying out that you're that you're not in the SEC West and there's not three you know really good teams almost every year. Yeah. Now there's other teams that are overinflated every single year. True. Um, and even if they, if they have a great team, there wouldn't be the fourth best team in the SEC. There would just be other teams that oh we got one win against Oklahoma, so that makes our season. And people rank them twentieth or something. Yeah. <laughs> SEC. Um, but yeah, going to the SEC is a much different beast. You know, just because there's a more consistent competition level there um, and everyone is willing to spend the money and it's it's cutthroat you know two years after winning the national championship at Orson Ross fired now there's other things off the field that created that that there but you gotta look at that and pause a little bit and go hmm uh, whereas USC stuck with Clay Helton for much longer than he should have been stuck with so you know you think you're gonna get a little bit more rope at USC uh, you know, and I'm sure the conversation about assistant coach pay and facilities and all that stuff, does USC match up with LSU? They obviously had to, to, to get this deal done. So I think that you feel like you're going to get all the resources you need and you can be the power in the West. If you go LSU or Alabama or anywhere else, the States are so much closer together. USC, you can dominate the entire West. Yeah. So then you're pulling from not only Southern California, but six to eight to 10 different States that are your recruiting grounds. And then you can go across and get a Leonard Williams. You can go across and get you know a, a Joe McKnight or something like that, and pluck some some key players out. But you can start in Southern California, um, and you know the the entire West region. So I don't think you can do that in some of the other places just because there's so much more competition there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know it's very early, but defensive coordinator, any idea? Are you guys expecting anything so far right now? So I think Alex Grinch has been criticized a little bit, but I, I thought he did a great job at Washington State. I honestly haven't followed it too much at the Oregon, you know, I mean, uh, at the Oklahoma uh, level, but he's been a big name. He was at Ohio State. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if he comes over with Lincoln Riley, I, I think it's because he trusts them. Um, I think he would do well on the West Coast. He, he already did. When, you know, he did a great job when he was at Washington State. So, but I don't know. I haven't looked into too much on that, but that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a big hire. You expect some offensive guys to come over with him. 
Um, if he brings defensive guys too, I mean, that's fine, but just it's, it depends on who he feels comfortable with. But that's that DC, I think, is going to be a big hire. Yeah, that's been the weakness for Lincoln Riley's teams, has been the defense. And part of that is when you run a up tempo offense and spread offense, are you preparing them enough in practice? You know, that's been a conversation with Graham Harrell's offense, same thing. So I think getting someone that's used to that and knows how to still prepare the defense. Um, like Alex Rich has been able to do both at Washington State and now at Oklahoma. Someone's just, you know, you can't just go from a different style. I, I think the offensive style you're facing every day in practice or, you know, throughout the fall camps and stuff changes the way you can prepare your team. So you got to be used to that, I, I think, a little bit. So that would be one thing that I would kind of look at. Um, but any names right now, I, I mean, I think we're, let's give it 24 hours before we get to names for all yeah. the other position coaches and uh, DCs and everything else. Yeah, the questions, though, are rolling in. People want their answers now, which is <laughs> hilarious. Um, just a, a those, are, those are definitely questions we have as well. Yes, yes. Don't worry about that. Uh, the interesting thing, too, no leaks. This was a quiet process for USC's admin. I mean, that's something we are not used to on that front. I give him credit. And, uh, you know, I've kind of went on a limb a couple of times, like in the war room and people got on me sometimes. I was like, Hey, you know, like I said, it was going to be a while higher. I said, you know, th they're playing chess. Uh, they're, you know, this is, they're going to go in and do a good job. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with who you get. Not that I knew who they were going to get. I mean, we did, they were very quiet about stuff, but just, I think from knowing the way they worked, um, I just felt really confident that this was, they were thinking things ahead. There was a lot of, you know, that, Two and a half months, lead, you know, uh, lead time. They knew what was going on, um, and I just felt they were going to make a really good hire. And I got a little worried yesterday because it seemed like some of the things were falling through. Uh, but it's funny. I talked to Mike Bone a little bit and Brandon Sauce in the, in the press box. They seemed very calm. Um, they were there to honor Tim Tesalone, who's retiring after forty-three years as sports information director. You know, people were like, "Oh, they're not out there negotiating or whatever," and just people were like getting on him. Like, just for me, even talking to Mike Bone and not like grilling him about the head coach, like in a press box full of people, they were mad. They were like, they're, and so you have to give them credit. And I felt like was a mistake made by not getting rid of Clay Helton earlier. And I think if they could go back and do it, they probably would. But their plan was to certainly build a nest around whoever the next head coach was going to be, build it all up, all the infrastructure, everything you needed. So that was a plan. Now that's not a plan that suits well with fans because they want to they want to win now. They want to get a coach now. They were doing they had a long-term vision of this. And the only way you could I think you could be critical of that plan and when they fired Clayhelton is if they didn't get a great head coach. Well, you knocked it out of the park. So then you have to say, "All right, you know, I probably wouldn't have done I would have got rid of Clayhelton earlier, but you didn't and it worked out because you took you two years to like build up all the infrastructure and that was enough to attract someone like Lincoln Riley to come here. So give them credit for, you know, they were criticized the entire way by everybody, like all the fans, like a lot of most of the fans, they were really criticized. And now it comes to like, Hey, this was the plan they had in place and they delivered on it. So you got to give them props for that. In that sense, one, do you think USC fans will be happy? How long will they sustain the emotion of happiness? And two, what are the expectations going forward? I mean, I'm, season ticket sales are going through the roof right now. I know, yeah. I know I've had multiple people tweet at me like, oh, I renewed my season tickets as soon as I yeah. heard this news. Or I, I'm going to get my season tickets back that I have given up for the last three years or whatever it may be. So I think that's definitely uh, – the, the fan interest is definitely there now. And the fan interest will be there throughout the offseason, into fall camp, through the first two games when they win against the, their no-name opponents. But then when they get to conference play, you know, then we'll see. 
because, like I said, I think there's going to be some deficiencies, and I think fans will stick with them, but I think that they'll if the team is fighting. And that was the thing about last night's BYU game is the team actually showed fight. They showed they pride, and that's something that hasn't been there. And I asked a couple players you know, after the game and today as well, what, what went into that? Why? Why did suddenly it come together? And I think Senior Day played a big part in it. They, you know, they care for those seniors, and that tells you that there is – um, there is some camaraderie in the locker room. Um, I asked someone today, you know, we've seen that divide, the Texas-California, that's been a big issue it, earlier in the season. That's been healed up a little bit at least. Uh, so I think that there's things that are moving towards uh, positive notes for USC, and they showed some of their potential. They also showed they got some young players that can play. And so, you know, Lincoln Riley coming in, he's going to make some of those guys, you know, that have shown some flashes turn into stars. And we'll see, you know, how many guys are still around um, when next season rolls around that are on the roster right now. That'll be that'll be the most interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Just a reminder, we have Gerard Martinez coming up soon. Ryan, no Bruce so far. Yeah, I'm just texting him right now to see where okay. he is. Yeah. Okay, we'll get that soon. Uh, Shotgun, just quickly. What were your your just overall reviews of USC's young freshmen? What is Lincoln Riley? Put yourself in Lincoln Riley's shoes. What is he seeing? I mean, you look at the freshman class and you say, those guys, most of them have gotten some experience. I think that's really big for them. Um, and, you know, you've got some guys that are still redshirting, but everyone has at least got a little bit of playing time on special teams to get a feel for the speed of the game. Uh, everyone kind of knows what they need to work on going forward. I talked to to Julian Simon last night, and kind of it was interesting to get his his take because he's the guy that's he's been healthy the entire season. The four star linebacker from Washington, used to playing both sides of the ball in high school, comes here and he hasn't played at all. Yeah, and he finally got in on special teams yesterday. So I just wanted to catch up with him, and, and I put that video up on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. But he had some interesting things uh, to say about what he's learned this season. So you know, you, you see some of those guys and how they learn what they they need. And then now you, you, you look and see, you know, Kalen Bullock making plays, Corey Foreman getting pressure in the backfield, Michael Jackson making a couple nice plays. He did, yeah. Lake McCree making catches all over the place, <laughs> taking huge hits, yeah. and it showed that he's a weapon in the seam. Now you get Michael Trigg back. You, you know, you got some, you got the weapons there. Um, and now you just got to find, you got to find the hog mollies. You got to find the, <laughs> the trenches. Um, and that's the one area where you're concerned about. And uh, go back to that once again. But the skill players, you saw some guys make some plays. Now, if, if you're looking, if you can find the linebackers, if Rajon Davis, Julian Simon can become guys that are in the rotation next year, those are the couple things that, that you're looking for. But yeah, Kalen Bullock is a star in the making. Uh, so that's one of the guys. If I'm Lincoln Riley, get, a, get on the phone immediately. Talk to him, figure out, tell him I want to build my defense, my secondary around you, that type of thing. So you know, there's pieces there. I would, I don't know who, who would your first call be to, if you're calling a player on the USC team, who's your first call? Uh, maybe Drake London. Yeah, that's definitely. It. Ooh, <laughs> you got to at least try, right? So he's saying. I know, I know. Uh, Gavin was trying on Twitter. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Um, can is the regular line open? Yep, can you call that line? Okay. Yep. I'm going to call. Sorry, let me let, let Bruce, you guys talk. I'm going to let Bruce call the different number. Um, okay. Um, Shotgun, something in the press release was that Dante Williams is still going to act as interim head coach for the next week. One, is that going to be awkward for him in that sense? Still trying to keep the team together for one more game that's extended past the regular season. And two, do you think Dante Williams, one, will want to stay and USC's new admin will want to keep him? 
I mean, I think it's three different questions. And the first one, I think, <laughs> you know, he just continues on what he's been doing. You try to build a program. You know, you're trying to build that culture in the locker room, try to make guys do the right things. He's going to have a meeting with Lincoln Riley. They're going to sit down and have a discussion. I think the administration wants to keep him around. And I think that he will want to stay around. He's, you know, a kid from right down the street from the Coliseum. I think that, you know, with Lincoln Riley coming around, he says – you know, I, and maybe and it'll depend maybe on the defense coordinators as well. You know, can I learn from the defense coordinators? There's something that he can teach me. Um, but unless someone else comes in with a DC offer, then I think that Dante Williams comes back. And I don't think he's going to be the DC at USC. Um, but I think that unless some some other school says, "Hey, we'll make you the DC," maybe they maybe they do. Um, then I think that he would be open to coming back, and I think that would be a smart move for USC. I, I talked to a recruit today and said. They better not get rid of Dante. He's the one that's kept all the kids in this class that are still in the class right now. He's the one that's been recruiting all of them. Um, so he definitely wanted the, the coach to say. Yeah. But like like I've said all along, this is going to be Lincoln Riley's call. If yeah. he wants wants anyone, if he wants the whole staff to come back or nobody to come back, like you hire this guy because he's really good at his job. You let him do it. Mm-hmm. Already, I think we are trying to pull up Bruce at the yeah. moment. I believe he he's in? on the line. Yes, I think he's talking to Chris Trevino right now, and I'm actually going to just rip him out from that that okay. host line. <laughs> Hello, Bruce. Welcome to Tunnel Vision. Thank you. Uh, oh, hold on. He got dropped out. One second. Sorry, you're yeah. back. You're back, Bruce. Hello. Hey, Welcome Bruce. to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Bruce Feldman, Fox Sports, The Athletic. Uh, follow him on Twitter at, was it Bruce Feldman, Bruce Feldman CFB? CFB. Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard. It's much easier to get to me on Twitter than it is for me to get into this into this calling system you set <laughs> You're up gonna with complain us, again, come on. whatever else, Brian. <laughs> I know at your age, it's kind of late. I know we're talking. But no, just kidding, Bruce. Thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. You're always on top of all the head coaching stuff, what's going on. And I mean, how shocked were you? Uh, that USC ends up pulling the trigger on Lincoln freaking Riley. How crazy is that? Is that his new name? Lincoln freaking Riley, yeah. Pretty pretty stunning. Um, I got to admit, so, you know, we, you know, obviously you guys saw the stuff with LSU, and that was that was not true. And then this morning at about, about 9 o'clock our time, uh, I got a call from somebody who was like, started to explain to me the Lincoln Riley situation. And I was like, wait a minute, that I just can't see that happening. And then this person was like, no, it's real. And then I put out like a tweet about it just because yeah. I was, eh, I still was unsure that he would actually do it. And then I don't know, an hour passed or maybe so I got to spoke to somebody else who was like, or that person. And it was like, no, this is, this is going to happen. And there was like a time on when they, when I think Lincoln was, Aaron to tell his team um, at 2.45 Central, which is 12.45 our time. And honestly, even after I heard that, you know, because I, I was in a holding pattern for a little while where I talked to um, my editors and kind of explained some stuff, but it just, it just still seemed perplexing to me because I thought if Lincoln Riley's going anywhere, he's going to go to the NFL. And, you know, I was, you know, I the LSU stuff, um, the people I talked to was like knocked it down pretty quickly and then it kept going and they still knocked it down. So I was like, not that if he was going to go anywhere, he would go to LSU, but I was just like, just didn't, it just didn't line up. But look, I think this was kind of in the tone of what you asked me, Ryan is, 
man, USC actually pulled something off and it's getting well received. When was the last time you could say that? It was yeah. like Howard Jones, really, like in like 1930, whatever, or 28 or something. Like it's, it's really <laughs> yeah, been a long time. Um, and, I, you know, we've talked, you know, full of disclosure, Bush and I are friends and we've talked and um, it's just seemed like, I, and, and the USC fans were this way, Bruce, were just like, they were just ready for disappointment. They were ready for Jeff Fisher or Hugh Jackson or something. And I don't know. It just seemed like th this administration got criticized a lot. They kept things very quiet, which we haven't seen before. And they were able to pull off, like, you know, I thought Matt Campbell would be a great hire. This is like a grand slam hire, like above that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought Matt Campbell would be a great hire, and I thought it was heading in that direction. And then, you know, Lincoln jumped on this and you know I, I somebody asked me this who's not in los angeles like how is this being received and i said probably better than anything they've ever done here right because obviously <laughs> true he wasn't their first choice he worked out great but he wasn't their first choice he was like their fifth or sixth choice or whatever and um, you know, you just think of all, I mean, I don't even have to tell you guys or certainly your listeners about how many times USC has bumbled its way through some like really, you know, like just ridiculous decisions. Right. And so see this happen where it's a coveted person. And, and again, who knows? I mean, Lincoln may not win a national title. I mean, he, you know, he may not even get him to the playoff. Like, as you guys well know, this is a legit rebuild he's got to do. It's not like, this is he's taking over what lane took over you know like it's not but you got a guy who players are going to want to play for especially offensive players right you know it's just he has a huge amount of credibility and cachet and i think that's and that's a good starting point we'll see how you know how his staff comes together we know he's got a lot of very coveted recruits in the 2023 class from southern california I mean, we've, you know, just in the time I was trying to get through on your, your calling system, Ryan, I feel like all of them decommitted <laughs> at that point. From wow. So. Yeah. I mean, Bruce, when so I tweeted we'll out, I mean, go for crazy. it. No, it's just crazy to think that like USC did something that not only their fans, but everybody in Southern California was like, wow, that is a huge, that is a great move. It just, it just hasn't happened here in a long time. Mm -hmm. No. Now, when I tweeted out uh, what Lincoln Riley, you know, said via press conference or the presser that uh, USC released, he said, "We'll work hard to develop a physical football team that is dominant on both lines of the scrimmage and has a dynamic, balanced offense and a stout, aggressive defense." And somehow, Oklahoma fans found my tweet, blew it up, and were like, "Eh, he hasn't been able to do that at Oklahoma." What are you expecting from Riley in that sense? Can he kind of overcome some of the deficiencies he might have had at Oklahoma? That's going to be the challenge, right? Because, you know, he's, he, he has air raid roots, but his O-line coach or run game coordinator, Bill Biedenboe, is really good. He's one of the best, if not the best offensive line coach in the country. And that is a key piece of this because they're, they have a physical football team. They throw it, but they have been really good in the run game. The defensively, they got better when they hired Alex Grinch, but it's not like there's anything close to what Georgia has, right? So I think the question is going to be, you know, how much better can they get? Because right now this defense is atrocious. You know, I watched them uh, give up 62 to UCLA, and it looked easy for UCLA at times. And so, you know, yes, you have to upgrade the talent, but I think one of the biggest challenges for them 
and just you know jumping into USC for a couple of days and being around the program. The thing that it struck me was there felt like a lot of independent contractors who were who were on staff. And that, and this is not a knock on any of them. I think there's, I think there are some good coaches of that group, but I just felt like because there was zero direction from above, again, not this is not a knock on Dante either. I mean, he was in a really bad situation to take over, but I think all those issues, lack of alignment, lack of direction, uh, when you have basically a lame duck head coach for like three years that undermines recruiting, I, I just think. That's the biggest thing that Lincoln's got to fix is how do we get everybody on the same page? Like the issue that he and especially his defense coordinator, Alex Grinch, had to remedy in Oklahoma was so much of a history of or recent history of bad things happen on defense where it's like, oh, crap, we just gave up a 33 yard pass play. Here it comes. Here comes something else. And it's like they had it was like to get them out of that mindset. And I'm not sure they ever. Like, I think they got it better. I don't know if they ever really got that group out of that mindset. Well, they're going to have to find a way to do it here because I, I think one of the biggest issues here, and I did a big story with Antonio Morales, my colleague at The Athletic, probably a week after Helton got fired, was just how this, like, a lack of accountability, uh, you know, physicality and about five other things had really kind of festered inside the program. And it's a, you know, I've, talked about this for us a lot it's a monday through friday problem that kind of shows up on saturdays and i think that's going to be a big challenge for lincoln to get out here there's definitely a lot of talent around here and there's some in the program but i just think it's like you really got to get buy-in from everybody and that's the part that felt like it's been lacking for a long time here mm-hmm. um do you have something over there? So, like, the, the coaching carousel is crazy right now with the early signing period, which I hate the timing of it. It's made everything happen faster. Three top ten jobs open, LSU, Florida, and USC. Now an Oklahoma job is open. I mean, it sort of felt like there could be musical chairs, right? And and USC could have been sitting on the floor. Obviously, they get, you know, the big one in, uh, in Lincoln Riley. I mean, how crazy is this? this cycle with all these coaches and there's still going to be a lot of dominoes to fall. I think now that, you know, this a big thing like Riley to uh, USC is happening. Right now. So now Oklahoma's open, Washington and Virginia tech are still open. I don't know if Miami's going to come open, but that obviously would be another big job. I mean, just today, not only did USC get filled like an hour earlier, Florida got filled with Billy Napier. So, I mean, but you got LSU sitting out there and the crazy thing, and this is, you know, this is in the context of USC. Scott Woodward was the guy who was like the, I don't know, I don't even remember, Quint from uh, Jaws. Like he was the big shark hunter where he was the one who got Chris Peterson to leave Boise to go when he was the AD at Washington. He got Jimbo to leave FSU when he was the AD at A&M. And even Kim Mulkey, who was like a really successful women's basketball coach, got her to leave Baylor to go to LSU. Everybody thought, okay, he was going to be the guy. Now, I mean, like we talked about, the Lincoln-Riley thing was was wrong on that side of it. But Jimbo sounded like he's definitely not coming. Who are you going to get there? Yeah. Like, Mark Stoops is a good coach, but it's like, I don't, you know, Matt Campbell's a good coach. I don't know who the available people is, especially if Luke Fickle's not. You have guys who are tied in the playoffs tied up in the playoff who they can't leave because if they did, can you imagine what that would be like? Yeah, your, your program's playing for a play championship and you're already talking about leaving or committing to leaving. And then there's, you know, James Franklin 
he signed a long-term huge deal. Mel Tucker, who's had one winning season in three years, a head coach just signed a $95 million deal with very little buyout. I mean, PJ Fleck got a new deal after, you know, he's eight and four and lost to Bowling Green. You know, it's just, there's just not enough, you know, proven commodities at head coaches that are out there to fill these jobs. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But, you know, USC could have been left out in the cold and they, uh, they pull off this. This is a, a huge one. So, but Bruce, I know you got a limited time, but I appreciate you, uh, calling in i know it took a little while to call in but thanks <laughs> thank uh, you Bruce, I'll, for sure. I'll, I'll your lunch buddy thanks always good to talk to you keely ryan i'm i can't believe that you just like would not let me in and it's because screen calls for 10 minutes and i'm on hold and... <laughs> blame ryan that's what i do Bruce. <laughs> cool man that's what we all do that's what everybody does good good that's how it should be <laughs> and, and for the most part for the most part, deservedly so. Yes, Thank you, Bruce. Yes, Appreciate that. Is that is true. Thanks, Bruce. Talk to you <laughs> soon. Take care. All right. Well, good stuff from Bruce. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, he was on the Audible podcast with Stuart Mandel, and they did like a – they had already recorded something about Bedlam, um, and then they did a little snippet beforehand, and they talked about it a little bit. So I wanted to get him to come. So it was great for him to come on the show and kind of give some – some insight, but he did. He gave that first hint in the tweet this morning, and I saw that. I was like, mm, "Okay," <laughs> like I was like, "There's something to this." Like he didn't do that for nothing, you know. I want to take at least a little bit of credit. I told one of the administration people, "Like I'm exhausted by this search. Can we just get this done? Can we get an announcement out there?" For, so I'm gonna take a little bit of credit. <laughs> oh, I, I of told. Of course you will. <laughs> and it's funny. So of course you will. So Shotgun was at the basketball game like two days ago, and I guess everyone was holding up signs for. Yeah, ESPN like, had these little placards that said "I'm thankful for" and had a blank, and you're supposed to write in. You hold it up uh, since it was a Thanksgiving tournament. So I tried to get uh, through Brendan Sauce, and I tried to get Mike Bone to just write the name of the coach in and and hold it up. Just a new way to unveil a new coach, you know. No one because they kept it so quiet. Might as well just unveil it on national TV. See if how many fans are crossover basketball and football fans. And I told him I well, I spoke to Mike Bone in the in the press box. I told him like, hey, Shotgun had a good idea for you at the basketball <laughs> game. He laughed. He's like, that would be good. It's like the basketball fans. Like it would be like a gift to the basketball yeah. fans first. Like the ones that are diehard, they like everything, <laughs> not just football. So he he actually laughed about it. So. So, yeah. There you go. Contract-wise, are what are you expecting in this deal to get Lincoln Riley to USC? 100 years, trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. No, He's I mean, immortal? Like, no, it's like like Mel T- like Bruce just said Mel Tucker yeah. signed a 10-year, $95 yeah. million dollar deal. He's getting $10 million a year. I bet he's getting my $10 million. My thought is $12 million. That Wow. Was, yeah. That was my thought. Like I, I think they're resetting the, the market with this. I mean, Mel Tucker getting 95 is just crazy. Yeah. And like Bruce said, one winning season in three years as a head coach. It's not like he's got a great track record, a long track record at least. And I think a, a lot of the reasons why they gave that is because you can see the potential with Mel Tucker. He recruits at a high level, yeah. turns around programs really quickly. Um, but that is a ton of money for a guy that you don't know if can get you. I talked about this previously during the search. There's plateau coaches, what I call plateau coaches. They can get you to a certain level, but are they going to get you to the national championship, a college football playoff? We know Lincoln Riley can get a team to a college football playoff. Can he get him to national championship? That's going to be the question for him. He's still a young guy, though. Whereas other coaches like Kirk Ferentz, he's done an amazing job at Iowa. And he's got him to be where they're a pretty consistent top 15 team. Between 5 and 15, though. Never in the top four. Yeah. So are you does, does that earn you the, you know, the highest paid coach? Because that's what he was for a long time, or at least in the top three. Obviously, these new contracts are changing that. So if Mel Tucker gets 95, I think you know that's nine and a half a, a year. 
average. I think that uh, Riley, I don't know the length of it, but I think he's getting twelve million. That would be my guess. That's I think that's what it would take to get someone out of um, out of Oklahoma like that. You might, and you know, talking to Brandon Sosna before, just you know, he doesn't share like a whole lot of details about stuff, but you get the feeling that he's good at. Sort of like convincing people to come, but not necessarily overpaying for them. Like not just throwing money. Like I don't think this was a problem they had to throw. I mean, they you had to throw some money at this problem, but I don't think that was the solution. Like there had to be a lot of other stuff of why yeah. he would want to come. So if there's other things it's you can sell just it on, money, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it, it might not be that much, but I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out uh, at some point. But yeah, it, it, I mean they've been pretty good, I think, about the negotiation stuff. So, but just just to get Lincoln Riley, whatever you got to pay him, um, and USC people, USC people like Heisman trophies, right? You know, he does pretty good with that, like winning some Heisman's, like and having finalists. I mean, <laughs> I mean, almost every year. Like, remember those? Remember that was a thing? Like, remember those? Go to New York, like, and like it's fun. Like, you got a weekend in New York, and you know, in December, and Heisman. Like, yeah, it hasn't happened for a while. Lincoln Riley got a good chance of that. Yeah. For sure. Now we had the Bruce Feldman side of things. We got to go to the recruiting side of things. We had the man, the myth, the legend, oh. Gerard Martinez, national recruiting what is that analyst. For no, it's for good. our <laughs> site, uh, let me pull him up into our line. Hello, Gerard. You are live on Tunnel Vision. I believe it feels like uh, Oklahoma's twenty twenty three class is just disintegrating in front of our eyes right now. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, 2023, but I think we have to look at 2022 first because this is one of the few hirings that USC could make that would have that instant impact on the recruiting class. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about can they salvage the 2022 recruiting class? And when you saw that USC was agreeing to reschedule that game against Cal, you knew that that was a potential recruiting weekend that would be lost, which is going to be next weekend, and you didn't have any official visits this weekend, you really wondered, the 2022 class, are they just mailing it in? It is what it is. We're going to go and get our guy, and if it's maybe a Luke Fickle or somebody that we have to sign after the early signing period, which is December 15th, you thought, well, that's what USC has to do. Maybe sacrifice the 2022 class to get the right hire so you really reestablish the culture in the football program and you move forward positively. Well, now you sort of have your cake and eat it too. Uh, we have Lincoln Riley here, which we didn't really consider as a candidate for USC. And really the only guy that was on the board, only two coaches that were on the board that you thought could make that instant impact and salvage the 2022 recruiting cycle for USC would have been potentially James Franklin or Urban Meyer. But Riley definitely does that. A ton of overlap with USC and Oklahoma recruiting 2023 and 2022 beyond even that. So this is an instant impact for USC, and we're already hearing tons of noise about USC flipping Oklahoma Sooner commitments. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised about the tweets that just started flooding out from recruits that were like, oh, look at that, might be staying home, or is that to be expected? That was to be somewhat expected after the news broke. Obviously, the news breaking itself was unexpected. I mean, I can take you through the backstory of how I found out about it, kind of, sort of, but... You know, I was texting multiple people, and I had been going over this Matt Campbell post that I had last night because there was a lot of news breaking about Matt Campbell going to Washington. 
So I was checking in with sources and sort of looking at what was happening. And, you know, the narrative was being spun out of control by the message boards. And I really hadn't yes. had anybody say, no, happens. Matt Campbell has turned down USC or Matt Campbell is going to Washington. It was kind of the opposite. There was a lot of sources in Washington who were still saying, no, we're still hearing that Matt Campbell is probably going to USC. In fact, that was the majority of the sources that were talking about Matt Campbell and USC. So I'm kind of chasing that down and, and putting together this post just to give people an update. You know, what's going on? What's happening? There's a lot of rumors out there. Just give you some what's the consistent information that we're getting at this point in time. And as I'm putting that up, so I wait last night, decide not to put it up. I talked with Chris a little bit about it, and we decided, uh, let's just wait for the morning, see if anything changes. Nothing really changed, so I sort of just dragged my feet and go, okay, I'm going to put this Matt Campbell thing up just so people know where that stands. It doesn't sound like he's going to Washington. And as I'm putting that up, I'm literally writing the last line on that post. I get a text message out of the blue, hey, I just heard from such and such. Riley to USC. And I had seen maybe half an hour or an hour before that, Bruce Feldman had said, don't be surprised if USC takes a big swing at Lincoln Riley, which we all were like, at this point in time, this late in the game, like <laughs> last weekend of, 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 of when they're supposed to announce, they're supposed to announce something Monday, and now we're hearing about Lincoln Riley. That seems like a completely out of left field type of thing. And it came from a very good source and was conveyed to me by a very good source. And that was when I sort of go, well, let me just post this little tidbit about there's some other stuff here going on. And it kind of relates to what Bruce Feldman had put out there about Lincoln Riley. And I posted the post and then, you know, it was like uh, the 45 minutes afterwards, it was basically breaking like, yeah, it sounds like Lincoln Riley's going to USC. So once we knew that, yes, Relique Brown, five-star running back out of modern day, has been to USC numerous times, officially visited USC in June. I knew that would be the first guy that would be on the hit list for Lincoln Riley to flip to get him to come with him to USC. So that was really not a surprise, just seeing how much Relique Brown had been at USC, very comfortable with USC. And I think if USC was in a better situation, even with Clay Helton, USC had a shot at maybe flipping Raleigh Brown down the line. Obviously, the disaster season, Clay Helton gets fired. So you're thinking, okay, that's off the table. But, yeah, he was the first guy. And I've got a list of guys. And I, I know this is not a recruiting segment or a recruiting show, but I got some guys that are sort of overlap guys. If I just throw some names out, and if you guys want to follow up with those names, we can. I don't know what you want to do, Keely. You're in charge. <laughs> Tell me what we're doing. Well, first off, let's let's talk about Malachi Nelson. That was an interesting one. It seemed like USC, and I know that's 2023, but I, I want to go there first just because he decommitted So in our show right now. Um, that was one where, you know, I went to Los Al a couple times. He really stated that he loved USC but just couldn't do it, especially after what happened with Clay Helton and, and saying that he, they were, he was going to be the only quarterback offered in the class. He decommitted. What does that mean now for USC? Yeah, USC sort of fumbled that, right? They talked to him and recruited him and basically said, listen, you're our guy. You're the guy for the 2022 class. We feel great about you. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe USC felt like he was slipping to Oklahoma, and that's why they decided to make the uh, offer to Nico Ayamadela, who is from Warren High School and is also a 2023 quarterback. So Ayamadela is – 
Obviously, another big-time quarterback. He's a guy that, you know, there's a lot of argument between Nico and Nelson, who's the top guy in that 2023 class. So you understand from a talent standpoint why USC would want to offer both guys. But they had already really put their best foot forward with Malachi and said, you're our guy, we're all in on you. And then before he made that commitment to Oklahoma, USC went ahead and they went after Nico. And that totally destroyed the relationship. That was just, that was the end of it basically for USC and Malachi Nelson. Now, obviously with Riley, he has a great relationship with Riley. So many of these kids locally just want to have USC as an option so they can stay home. Their families can watch them play. Seeing Malachi, and I think you're going to see Makai Lemon and uh, possibly DeAndre Moore also at Los Al, all 2023 kids, all very highly top 100 recruits, probably all decommit. I don't know if Nelson's going to flip to USC immediately. I know there's a lot of push for Damani Jackson to make that recommitment to USC. He's the five-star cornerback in the 2022 class from modern day that decommit from USC just a week ago after taking, well, two weeks ago after taking his official visit to Alabama. He has a tremendous relationship with Dante Williams. And I know Dante's going to say, hey, man, we, we need you to sort of be a catalyst here. You know, get that 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 little bit of momentum. You know, that sort of uh, that last snowflake <laughs> to get the avalanche going. And so we're going to see how this plays out here this week. I know there's going to be a bunch of kids up there unofficially. They're going to want to meet with the new coaching staff and some kids that are going to want to know where do I fall on the board now with USC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How important is keeping uh, Dante Williams on staff for Lincoln Riley? Like, as far as you know, building on this recruiting class, is it really important? Not that important. What do you think? It's important, although I will say Lincoln Riley has done a very good job coming in and plucking away Southern California talent at Oklahoma. So, you know, he's been able to do it without Dante Williams. They were able to sign Gentry Williams, who's a a local Tulsa kid, uh, a five-star athlete that USC recruited really hard. USC was probably in the lead for most of the spring. And then as we got into the summer, It was really his relationship with Dante Williams and his relationship with Clay Helton. He talked about how Clay Helton was a a vital part of his recruiting process. He talked to Clay Helton weekly, and he felt like the USC coaching staff really had a great relationship with him, and he was comfortable with him, and he liked all the aspects of the education. There was a lot of boxes that were checked. Obviously, he was a little farther away from home, but once – it was really Lincoln Riley who decided decided he needed to get more personally involved as a head coach in his recruitment. That's when we started to see the tide shift a little bit. And Oklahoma really made him more of a priority because of Lincoln Riley getting in and talking to him more. And once they got him down on campus a couple times unofficially, you started to feel like it was slipping away from USC a little bit. And the next thing you know, Oklahoma's leading. He commits to Oklahoma. And again, the disastrous season happens. Clay Helton is fired. And even though Dante Williams is the interim head coach, and you know 
that he's pushing hard and saying, hey, listen, you know, Gentry, dude, if you're a guy that can commit and I can get all these guys that are top commits, you know, that's going to help my brand. That's going to help my possibilities being uh, the guy that gets the permanent head job. We were hearing a lot of stuff in the background. It still didn't happen. Gentry said, you know, I, I mean, everything was going for Oklahoma. They're winning games. Um, he had built that relationship up with Lincoln Riley and felt more comfortable with the coaching staff, and he turned around and decided to make that verbal commitment to Oklahoma. Now, obviously, we wonder, is Gentry Williams going to make another official visit to USC? I know there's quite a few guys that USC is going to try to get back on campus, kids that they had there in June that they can bring back now because they've made a new coaching hire. The NCAA has made that rule that if you change coaches – that the kids that as long as they have one of their five official visits left, they can duplicate one of those visits. They can repeat a visit to the school that changed their coach. So you've got guys uh, like Gentry Williams, um, Nicholas Anderson, wide receiver out of Katy, Texas, 6'3", 200 pounds, who was committed to Oregon, flipped to Oklahoma. He took an official visit to Oklahoma. He has already officially visited USC. Um, you've got, uh, like I said, Gentry Williams. Um, Zion Branch is a guy that was taking an official visit to Oklahoma. Uh, there's a handful of players there that have already been to USC that can come back. I uh, was just checking in with a source and trying to see, you know, of that group, which was a really good group in June. USC brought in a, a really good group of official visitors for that month. Um, another guy that, you know, has got to be talked about is Mikel Williams. Now, interestingly enough, Mikel Williams, the five-star defensive end from Columbus, Georgia, he was not offered a scholarship by Oklahoma, but he obviously had a really good relationship with the USC coaching staff. He loves USC. His uh, brother, um, Michael Trigg, is on the roster. I'm hearing that there's a good chance that he comes back and he officially visits USC again. Same thing with defensive tackle. Another Georgia kid, Christian Miller, four-star, another 2022 kid, already officially visited USC. There's some optimism that they're going to be able to get him back on campus. Now, with the defensive players, a lot is going to depend on the defensive coordinator that they bring in. I'm hearing potentially Alex Grinch is the guy that they're going to bring in. He's the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma now. But I've also heard some other things like maybe there's somebody else that they want to bring in or maybe there's a co-coordinator. That just seems a little conflicting right now. I'm hearing different things on that, so I'm not 100% sure. But that for the defensive players might be very important outside of the guys that already have a very good relationship with Dante Williams and maybe our defensive backs because that's obviously a little less important schematically if you're a cornerback. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Mark Watkins commented, "Gmart's words per answer put shock to shame." <laughs> I think some people are new to to how much uh, Gerard can just one question take it away. So it runs in the in on the yeah. site. Shotgun. Speaking of you, any questions do you have for Gerard? Uh, a lot of people want to know Gerard. Um, you know, you talked about some of these players, but who's on flip watch or recommitment watch for Demonte Jackson or Devin Brown or some of those guys that have previously been committed? Uh, there were a lot of questions about C.J. Williams at, at uh, Modern Day, Tatiroa McMillan at Servite, some big wide receivers. USC obviously needs some playmakers after seeing what they ha has happened uh, to them at this end of the season without Drake London and also Zion Branch. So those are some names that people are throwing out. Who do you see as potentially on flip watch or recommitment watch? Well, I think Devin Brown's a great guy to talk about a little bit because, you know, Blair Angulo does a fantastic job in the Midwest uh, sort of Mountain West analyst for 24-7 uh, sports. And that's, you know, this really important region that a lot of people miss. 
And you've got Devin Brown there who is at Queen, uh, Queen Creek at Arizona, and he's transferred over to Corner Canyon up uh, in Utah, which is the school that Jackson Dart went to. Yeah. And he's been committed to USC for a long time, just recently decommit. And really asking various sources about him and sort of that process of him decommitting, the vibe is that USC is probably not going to be back involved with him. And, you know, it might be a parting of ways kind of twofold. Obviously, Devin Brown wasn't comfortable with the direction of where USC was going uh, with the coaching staff changes and what have you on offense. But then at the same time, I kind of question whether he's a guy that really fits and what Lincoln Riley wants to do. Um, I don't know that he would be a complete outlier, but certainly it seems like Lincoln Riley has gone to more mobile quarterbacks over the past few years, going back to Baker Mayfield and obviously the two quarterbacks that he had this past year, Spencer Radler, and he's got Caleb Williams there. And there's been a lot of chatter about Caleb Williams and his future and what's going to go on with him. Uh, certainly USC has a guy that's mobile in Jackson Dart, the amazing thing about this is when you think about recruiting and you think about the most important position on the field, quarterback, USC went from having a real mess of the depth chart potentially here to they could have murderer's row here where you've got Miller Moss on the roster, you've got Jackson Dart. That's going to obviously be a quarterback competition unless Miller Moss just feels like schematically it's not going to be his fit. Uh, but I don't know that he would think that out of the box. Um, so that would be a quarterback competition, which would happen in spring. Uh, the fact that you could still get a quarterback this class, and the interesting thing is Oklahoma didn't offer a scholarship to a quarterback in this class. But I think USC has to. And if it's not going to be Devin Brown, then you sort of look at a, a guy like maybe a Justin Martin. You look at Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy's committed to Texas, but it seems like that's just a countdown to him decommitting to Texas, especially with Texas going after Devin Brown. So that would be an interesting flip-flop if you saw Devin Brown turn around, commit to Texas, and then Malik Murphy turn around and commit to USC. Now, I know Malik Murphy is very close with Malachi Nelson, and we do expect Malachi Nelson to potentially flip to USC, or at this point, he's decommitted and would commit to USC. Now, he and Malik Murphy are very close, but you know what? Miller Moss and Jackson Dart were really close during the process, and they were in the same class. So you never know how that's going to shake out, but you're looking at, you know, potentially getting a guy like, let's just say, you know, Justin Mar uh, Martin or Malik Murphy in the 2022 class. You've got Dart, you've got Miller Moss there, and then you've got Malik Nelson coming in for 2023. So now you're showing up for the future. Now you're good. You're, oh man, that's, that's a relief as opposed to this guy might transfer. They might bring in, you know, a coach that wants to run more read options. So Miller Moss is gone. And now basically you just got Jackson Dart because you know, Keaton Slovis is also taken off. So you've got one quarterback on the roster who's a scholarship quarterback and you're scrambling into the portal to try to get somebody that can run that type of offense. And you're looking towards, you know, 2023, hoping that you can get a top guy there so it's really changed it's really you know been a sudden change when it comes to the quarterback position specifically uh one quick thing gerard before i let you go uh this weekend coming up the cal game usc is going to be on the road we said the only way usc could host official visitors if they hire a head coach that could come in right away lincoln riley can do that um you know and he could be on campus and actually host official visitors i know it's just happened have you heard of that uh, being the plan where Lincoln Riley's on the USC campus 
while USC is playing up at Berkeley and hosting official visitors trying to get, with only really two official visit weekends left before the early signing period, you know, basically you could double the amount of time you could host visitors. But have you heard if that's the plan or if that could be the case? I have yet to hear anyone actually schedule an official visit for this weekend. Uh, I think that at the very least they will have unofficial visits. I have heard that Lincoln Riley is expected to be on campus tomorrow. So it's all moving very quickly. There is definitely potential for them to be able to host official visits this weekend. Um, that's just going to depend on I think, you know, the logistics of everything, you know, who can they get together? They're going to have the current staff up at Berkeley. Dante Williams is going to be there. He's going to be coaching. So it is a little awkward because he's one of your best recruiters. You would want him on campus. But I think with uh, the kids that already have a relationship with Dante Williams, maybe that's not the most important thing in the world. What's more important is the factor of where's the direction of the football program. I want to hear it from the head coach's mouth. And who is the head coach bringing in at my position? So if it's offense, I think that's really not – not a big deal. Uh, I have heard Dennis Simmons' name thrown around. Um, I have heard that the offensive line coach at Oklahoma is more than likely uh, to come with him. Um, I haven't really heard any other names talked about consistently. Uh, we did talk about Alex Grinch being the D.C. Now, if he's coming in, too, and he's on campus, then that gets them kick-started on the defensive side of the ball, and those recruits are going to have uh, some idea of the scheme and sort of the direction of the defense, and that will help uh, push forward with defensive recruiting. If he's not the guy and they decide to kind of look around and see somebody else they could bring in as a defensive coordinator, um, then you're going to either have to tell the recruits, hey, look, at this is what we have in mind. you got to trust me. I'm a guy that's gotten the college football playoff, won the Big 12 a bunch of times, and they go with that. And it sounds like, you know, I don't really have a lot of um, exposure to Lincoln Riley as a coach. You know, I haven't really ever been around him. I've never spoken to him. So I don't know personality-wise uh, how he is. I just know that the results from him as a recruiter and things that kids had said, they say he's a pretty dynamic recruiter, a great personality. And so he may be good enough to be able to sell just the scheme and the plan of the defense and not necessarily have a guy set in stone uh, that's already on campus recruiting. He may be able to do it with just uh, you know some of the support staff and some of the guys he brings in offensively and be able to, you know, jars loose some commitments, at least from the guys like you talked about with Damani Jackson. That would be a guy, obviously, that would be centered in on maybe Gentry Williams because he has a relationship with him. Zion Branch, again, official visit to Oklahoma, looking at Oklahoma pretty seriously. You know, if you were going to hire a guy like David Aranda or maybe Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, those guys were not in the picture for Zion Branch. So it's sort of a cold meeting. You're trying to learn these guys and, and, and you know, figure them out. And, and they're kind of an evaluation of personalities and character on both sides of the table. Here, you hit the ground running because Lincoln Riley has already talked to these kids. He knows their families. And so that is going to be an easier process, acclimating as to, okay, this is what we can expect from USC. And again, you have plenty of these kids. You know, Hero Canoe is another guy, Santa Margarita, uh, Keeley's Hood. That's a big-time defensive <laughs> lineman that USC has been recruiting and just kind of spinning their wheels on, and a guy that was really favoring Oklahoma, maybe Ohio State, and now all of a sudden USC's like right up there. I mean, he's, he's already visited USC unofficially, spent two days there with his mom and his sister. They both loved the university, but the football aspect of it was obviously lacking, and now you have that. His host family are big-time Trojan fans, and so – the thing was funny about it is I got the sense that, you know, his 
his host family was big time Trojan fans and they really understood the situation with Clay Helton and they knew it just wasn't a good situation development wise and sort of where the team was, where the program was. And so they were close enough to it to know, Hey man, it's not just about Reggie Bush and Heisman trophies and everything USC has done in the past. It's about what USC is right now. And we know what USC is right now. Go to Ohio state, go to Oklahoma. That all changes because they know who Lincoln Riley is. And I think they're excited about it. So there's potential to get him back on campus and maybe, you know, you just get a complete 180 in some of these recruitments. Offensive line recruiting. I mean, offensive line recruiting could be huge now. You've got Josh Connerly, the five-star offensive tackle from Washington, who was down here on another unofficial visit. I think he's been to USC four times since the summer. Okay, the offensive tackle is an absolute need for USC. Devin Campbell, I talked to someone close to his family, quote-unquote, Lincoln Riley, that's wonderful. That's a great hire. They were just beaming about that hire. We know that uh, Devin Campbell's, uh, Devon Campbell's, uh, his family is very pro-USC just because of education. And when they came out here on his uh, official visit, they loved it. And it was like, wow, really? Devon Campbell, like five-star out of Texas? Like you just didn't think that was possible for USC. Now you're bringing Lincoln Riley into the mix. And that, again, had a relationship with the offensive line coach at Oklahoma already, knows Lincoln Riley, likes Lincoln Riley. So you're combining all the good things about USC from the off-field standpoint because obviously the football program was not the biggest sell for them. And now you're combining it with the football aspects and the player development and all the success that Lincoln Riley has. So there's some synergy there. Uh, Nito uh, Amuzulu, who's a, you know, a kid that's impossible to try to read because <laughs> he doesn't talk to anybody, but another 6'4", 285-pound guard uh, slash tackle out of Allen, Texas, who loved USC, came here on an official visit, repeated it with an unofficial visit. These kids are you know using their own money to come out and unofficially visit USC when they're getting blasted by Oregon State and Stanford. So, you know, when you think, okay, now you put into the mix the potential that they can be on the other side of those blowout wins at home, yeah, it gives USC a much higher ceiling. Jake Taylor is another guy that USC really didn't get anywhere with. The big offensive tackle who's committed to Oklahoma out of Bishop Gorman, he is a guy that now USC might have some traction with because the offensive line coach, if they're able to bring in the co-coordinator offensive line coach, which I hear, you know, Lincoln Riley wants to keep that dynamic of the offense together, then they may have a shot at being able to flip him. So, yeah, we went from night and day here. We just basically flipped the switch in terms of what the 2022 recruiting class could look like, which is really big because you were looking just a few weeks ago like maybe USC is going to sacrifice this class just to get a good coach. Alrighty, the man, the myth, the legend, Gerard. Gerard. Thanks so much for coming on. We had a comment on Facebook that said Gerard is just the encyclopedia of recruiting, and I can't agree more. Thank you, Gerard, for all your insights, not just on recruiting, but about the whole situation. We appreciate you. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks, GM. Alrighty, guys. Well, we're almost at an hour and a half for the show. Obviously, we do that easily for like a loss that USC has, so it makes sense that we're doing an hour and a half for... It's still crazy the amount of people we got I know. Thank here. you to everyone who's watching, putting comments. It's pretty crazy. We really appreciate it. But guys, I mean, any final thoughts before we wrap up this show? Lincoln Riley to USC. Still a little surreal, if I do say it so myself. It is surreal. And it's funny the way Bruce put it. And, uh, you know, Bruce and I go way back. We're friends. We tease each other a lot. But he's funny. He could say some funny things. And the way he was talking about how, like, no one expected this because USC just never done it. Like, has they ever, ever done anything this big 
the before. W- like, the one thought I can think of is Rick Majerus, and that was for like six days or whatever. It was like a month, I think. But yeah, like they hired Rick Majerus, so it was a big deal, and he retires or whatever. Like, yeah, within, like, I don't the, think that's. They just never have swung for the fences like this, and uh, you know maybe it's PTSD, maybe just like you know, and we I think we had a realistic view of like some really good candidates, and sometimes early on people were like, oh, Matt Campbell's not going to be that good, like. He would be great. Like, he would be the best coach USC's, like, ever hired, um, you know, like, on paper. Like, just someone that's qualified. And, you know, Dave Aranda hadn't been around in a while. But, man, he looks like he's on a really great trajectory here. Luke Fickle, obviously, taking Cincinnati potentially to the college football playoff. Like, he could be – these are all, like, great coaches. But you want you – you know, it's hard to even fathom, like, going to get, like, a Nick – I mean, Nick Saban would be tough. Lincoln Riley's, like, that young version of that. Like, could, that the potential could be there. Or, like, you mentioned, like, a Kirby Smart – or Davos Sweeney, it's like all those guys are like, there's a zillion reasons why they wouldn't want to go. But, uh, you know, give credit to Bone and Sazna that they were able to identify someone that could potentially go. And hey, it's great that Oklahoma's going to the SEC, but holy crap, is my job going to get a lot harder than it was before? And, it, you know, there was already a hard time like, trying to win playoff games and stuff, but, uh, you know, he's winning Heisman's, he's getting to the playoff, and now you're going to go to the SEC. It's like, oh my God, it's going to be tougher. Um, I, you know, it's good. I think they identified a great candidate, a candidate's not just like very good. It's like, you know, beyond what you would even imagine could be uh, the hire for USC and they were able to execute it and they did it, uh, very quietly. And, uh, so all of that, you got to give them credit. I mean, it's, we talked about from the beginning, this was a much more professional search, no matter who they end up getting the search itself was professional. It wasn't. The way things were done before at USC was just absolutely awful. And this was done – I mean, you could come in and do, like, a pretty good coaching search and be way better than what – but this was an excellent – you know, they did a really good job on this one. And they were – you know, they were criticized along the way. So they, they probably feel pretty good now. Hopefully they're, like, sitting somewhere having a glass of wine or something, putting their feet up with a fire but and just – No, I think the work is still continuing. I know, but just you – know, you can give them a break. Like, for, like, a minute or two, just, like, kind of sit back. I don't think they think like that. I know. They don't <laughs> – <laughs> Sorry, what's that? <laughs> Look like you're about to say something, Shadi. No, they swung for the fences. You know, USC fans, we want an established winner. We want USC should be able to go on high, and they did that. There's an apology thread on the beat. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys want to go in there and, and yeah. insert your, your GIF or, or whatever it's it is, time. To, then you can do that. Uh, if you aren't a member of the P, then you should sign up now. Hey. It's a great opportunity. 75% off. Um, Boom. We, we are getting some more questions. I asked for some final questions if people have them. We had a lot of them, and, and Gerard didn't touch on this, but on TMAC at Servite, probably the best seven-on-seven seven player that we've seen. Also He's a really volleyball good. player. Beast. Um, and we've seen Kyle Ford destroy at the opening. Yeah, yeah. TMAC was even better. Um, and he's committed to Oregon, so a potential if you can flip him, you can hurt Oregon as well. I think USC would definitely be in the mix. He'll give USC another look. And especially seeing what the receivers in this offense have done under Lincoln Riley. You look at C.D. Lamb and some of those guys, um, Hollywood Brown. Then I, I think that he'll get a little look. Uh, can they flip him? That'll be uh, one that's to keep an eye on as well. And that one's a little bit tougher than some of the other ones. But I think that they'll be back in the mix and he'll probably take another visit to USC. I know a couple people had asked about that one, so I wanted to get that one out there. Okay. All righty. Well, final, final thoughts, final call. We, we've also had a bunch of questions about – Will he keep Graham Harrell? And I don't know if fans know this, but there is a connection there. They were at Texas Tech, I believe, at the same time. Obviously, Lincoln Riley uh, was a walk-on at Texas Tech. And after a year there, 
He quit the team because Mike Leach said, you're not very good at this whole playing thing, but I think you've got a great future in coaching, and maybe you'll make some money at that one day. And so he went on the staff. He was a student assistant and grad assistant. He was there for a few years. I think I think Graham Harrell was also there at the same time. So you got yeah, you know, it'll be it'd be interesting if they um if they if he did keep him around just because star athlete, the star quarterback at the school, your lowly student assistant or whatever yeah. he was at the time when Graham Harrell was there and completely flip it. Um so there is a connection. I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't think so. No. Um I don't think that the administration at USC wants to keep around a ton of guys, um, but there is that connection. It is the same offensive scheme, so you know it's a possibility. Don't think it's going to happen, but it's a possibility. I know a lot of people asked about it, so I wanted to get that one out there as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. All righty. That's going to wrap it up for tonight's television. Thanks so much to everyone who liked, commented, over 500 likes on this episode. So thank you so much for that. Continue to like and subscribe wherever you are, Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope. Um, crazy day. Crazy, crazy day. I got, I got one more. Sure. We haven't had a food analogy. Oh, and someone we could, asked. We could not close it out. Andrew with that. Hogue asked, "What type of restaurant will the USC offense be next season?" Yeah, I mean, this is like French Laundry. At like, you know, this isn't like, uh, hey, let's go to Mastro's. That's really nice. It's been, like, it's cool. Like, no, this is like the two Michelin stars of French Laundry up in Napa Valley. Like, this is like, this is what you want. Like, this is like the the bucket list restaurant that you save up for like six months to go to. Like, that's what it's going to be now. So, wow. Well where, done, That's Shotty. where Gavin Newsom was when he got, like, remember, like, during that thing? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. I don't deal with politics. Wrapping I deal with it college football. up with yeah. a food it's a great restaurant. Yeah. analogy. Well done, Shotty. Yeah. Good call by you. We've gotten a lot of snark from Oklahoma fans, a lot of uh, in our mentions on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, honestly, to them, it, it probably feels like 55 to 19 once again. Ooh. Shotty. Oh, Shotty. That's, that's what this is. Shotty. Uh, Just yeah. a destruction, especially when you see the recruiting class that's being that's leaving their program or Blair, leaving their Blair had class a fun, right now? Uh, a little gift that he tweeted out. Like, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. But like you're Oklahoma, first of all, so much success. Um Lincoln Riley, it was a great transition. You go from a legendary head coach, Bob Stoops, to Lincoln Riley. Success. They haven't had to Immediate like success. do a search for a, quite a while, but I think they'll go out and get someone uh really good as well. So I mean it's you know I'll tell you who I call Lane Kiffin. Like and yeah, I I think uh, one of the Oklahoma reporters I follow like said like I'm on the lane train, so that you know, I yeah, it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. And we mentioned this with Bruce, but it, it just changes everything. It can could could completely change the college football landscape. Yeah, because Oklahoma's gonna pick somebody. What if they took Cristobal from Oregon and they, Oregon takes somebody? Like yeah. you could see the complete musical chairs rather than it just being you know Florida taking. Uh, Billy Napier from Louisiana. Yeah, like it could be powerhouse taken from powerhouse, tower taken from powerhouse. So could be a complete restructuring of college football. And I think we all expected that there was going to be a big change this year um, from the openings that that came open. And if Miami comes open as well, just some big name jobs out there. So this is a huge domino, and we'll see what other dominoes fall from it after this. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pac-12 wise, it's pretty stable with Jake Dickert, uh, the interim, who did a great to him. job. Great yeah. job. He was uh, – it was a great video they put out there for Washington State. So he's going to be the Washington State head coach, uh, taking over for Nick Rolovich. Uh, Washington is still open. There was rumors like, uh, you know, that uh, whoever was talking about um, – was it Gerard that was talking about? For, oh, yeah, for uh, Matt Campbell mm-hmm. potentially going there. And obviously USC is filled. Looks like Herm's going to stay at Arizona State. We thought that might turn over. Chip Kelly finishes strong. He's probably not going anywhere. 
Um, so, but Washington could be a big one, and then if Mario leaves, that could be another big one if they if Oregon has to find a coach too. But um, if you're looking at the the whole like coaching carousel sweepstakes, like, and you got to like rank them at the end of the day, like USC's one, and like nobody's close. Like that's yep. the that's the higher of all hires. Like that's the best you could do. USC's already won the off season, and it's like twelve <laughs> hours into the into the regular season, and it's USC's still not yeah. even done with their I was regular about to season. Say, it's technically not even their off season yet. <laughs> yeah. So craziness, madness. Well, be, be sure to stay tuned to uscfootball.com, the Parasol Podcast feed. This will go in podcast form. Um, just we'll be tacking this at every angle, recruiting, behind the scenes, whatnot, player reaction, everything. There's just like a million things on the front page right now. Like stay tuned to the site. Things. We'll have a lot of podcasts this week. Family Feud. Uh, I'm sure Harvey Hyde wants to talk about this. I'm sure Dan Weber will have a take on oh, this as well. Oh, we might have well. to get Dan on, yeah. Yeah. So everyone, just stay tuned to uscfootball.com. So much content coming up this week, so make sure you do that. But that's If you're not subscribed, now is the perfect time. Oh, now my God. I think there's like, there's like 12 to 15 articles up today and i think about half of those are probably vip so good time to be like to, to be a member even yeah. better because we have a sale isn't that right boss man 75 percent off annual membership get in there you pay like 25 dollars, and you can have the access to the site for a year you're like okay that's worth it you know yeah yeah a uh, couple couple cups of coffee and uh, you will not be disappointed get on the peristyle if you sign up get on the peristyle post say hello crazy right now there's a lot of posts and stuff going on but get in there mix it up say hey i watch you guys on tunnel vision and we'll come in and thank you for it but thank mm -hmm. you for sure Alrighty, that's gonna wrap it up for tonight's episode that's ryan that's shotgun i'm keely we'll see you soon that's wrapping it up bye okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.